0: Central fam, what's good? Man, that's trash, bro, come on, like, come on. Like, I'm, listen, y'all family, we, y'all gonna talk back to me this morning. Good morning, Central fam, what's up, what's good? Talk back to me, come on, let me hear you. No, no, that's not good enough, man. That's not, listen, look, bro, look, bro, look, man. I, I sat right where y'all were, right where you guys are. Matter of fact, I had my hoodie on, my rag on, and I slept right back there. I can tell you the exact seat when, when I was in chapel my four years. And the same chapel that I have the honor and privilege of, 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 of preaching in today, I used to sleep in. And not all of the chapels, but I find it so funny that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ has such a sense of humor that he would choose somebody like me to be able to preach his word. So, again, man, I'm excited to be here, and I need, I need to hear from y'all. Man, Y'all make some noise one time. Make some noise. Let's go. Let's go, man. That's decent. I'll take it. I'll take it for now. Hey, so uh, first and foremost, man, I want to give honor to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who's the head of my life, my way maker, my provider, my best friend. With him, I can do everything that he's called me to do with his grace and with his strength. And apart from him, I can do absolutely nothing. Secondly, I want to give honor uh, to to Pastor Zach, the campus pastor. Y'all give a hand praise for Pastor Zach. Pastor Zach, I love you. That's my brother, man. He's awesome. He's a terrible—he's terrible at communicating via text message. I'm gonna still give you a hard time, bro. you the worst tex, texter in the, in the history of mankind. I'm sure some of y'all can attest to that. Yeah, y'all know, y'all know what's up. But Pastor Zach, I love you. You know the thing about Pastor Zach is this, guys. You know, you talk about—you know—an uh, um, in, an investment of time. That's what he does as a campus pastor. You want to know if somebody truly loves you, they will invest their time. You know i can tell you guys a hey, central family i'm gonna give every single one of y'all a million dollars today you'll be like bet but i tell you you'll die tomorrow and you'll be like oh, you can have it time is more valuable so with pastor zach thank you so much for the time that you invest in these students and the the, the prayers that you pray the the uh the sacrifices that you make pastor zach i honor you i want to honor the, the faculty and the staff here at central christian college i appreciate them y'all give them a hand praise too give them a hand praise I appreciate you guys, faculty and staff here. Thank you guys so much for your investment. Many, many of faculty and staff that are still here when I was here. And this, this man that stands on the stage today would not be the man that I am today if it wasn't for your investment in my life and the seeds that you've sown in my life. I greatly appreciate you guys and everything that you do and the seeds that you still sow to these students here today. And I want to give honor to you guys as well. And, and uh, I, I, a little bit about me, man, I, I met my wife here, I've been married y'all eleven years as of September twenty Yup. Mm-hmm. And and I'm married y'all to the baddest woman on this side of any bro, Woo, man, look, listen, so I y'all, I met my wife here at Central Christian College. She'll be here for homecoming. And and I'm married to a twin. And, and people ask me all the time, they'd be like, Hey Pastor CJ, man, how can you tell the difference between, you know, your your wife and your sister in law with them being identical twins? I'd be like, It's easy. You know, I go in for a kiss, I either get a kiss back or a right hook to the face, you know, so like, boom, I ain't got a black eye yet, y'all, but my sister-in-law, man, she got a mean right hand. So, uh, but I met my wife here, man, and, and I remember uh, we we had the, the the breakout session week, and, and I remember, um, you know, seeing her, she was walking to get lemonade shake-ups, and, and I'm gonna be honest, y'all, when I seen my wife, and I was like, wee, I wouldn't, like, look at the Holy Spirit on her, you know, so <laughs> I was like, man, she is gorgeous, Woo, man, she is gorgeous, but, 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 <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm very blessed. My wife and I have been married 11 years. We met here at Central Christian College. She's an alumni as well. My sister-in-law as well. We both play basketball. I got to give a shout out to Coach T, Coach Guy Gardner, my basketball guys. I, I love and appreciate Coach T. Um, such honor and privilege to play under him and to play for this school. Um, I have two daughters, guys, Olivia Joy and Harper Love. Two fruits of the spirit, Joy and Love. Neither one of them have patience, but we call them Joy and Love. So uh, th- those are my two daughters. I'm a hip-hop artist as well. This is my first time preaching. And uh, he- first time preaching here, not my first time preaching. First time preaching here. I'm a hip-hop artist as well. I run a nonprofit organization. I'm the CEO and founder of a nonprofit called CAPS. I'm a national touring hip-hop artist. I go all around the country, elementary schools, middle schools, high schools. Such an honor and privilege to do what I do. It's a secular presentation, but it has spiritual ap- applications. The Bible says those that have ears, let them hear. And so uh, it's a super exciting and energetic and and engaging, captivating presentation that I do for students. And so that's just a little bit about me, man. I also do Christian hip-hop as well, but I'm excited to dive into the Word of God. Y'all turn with me to Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10. We're going to dive into the Word of God this morning. I got just a few verses for you guys. Mark chapter 10, we're going we're gonna to start in verse 46, but, but, but before I get in, let, let, me, let me say this, listen, so I, I don't know where you guys are in this season of your life, but let me encourage you with this, I encourage you guys, because I remember being a student, I, I was slouched in my seat, do rag on, bro, knocked out, knocked out, but let me encourage you guys to tap in this morning, because I believe this, we should pay attention with intention, Many of us we want anointed preaching and anointed teaching, but we need to have anointed listening as well. And I, and I don't assume because we go to a Christian college and we are a Christian college that every single one of y'all is a follower of Jesus Christ. So I'm gonna preach like you are not. But the thing is this: I want to encourage you guys that as as you listen to me, that you open up your mind and your heart to receive whatever the Lord has for you this morning. Okay? Because the, I, I remember I struggled with anxiety. And it's something that I fight often when I speak before people in different capacities that God has given me the grace to do. And the Lord had to remind me of something. The Lord reminded me that, C.J., you're just a a postman. You're just a mailman. And what I mean by that is that I have to be faithful in delivering the mail. I don't know the contents of the mail that I'm delivering, which how it applies to you, but I have to be faithful in delivering the mail. Like our mailman, when they deliver our mail, they ain't opening our mail. At least I hope they're not. They're just going to be faithful in delivering the mail, so I'm going to be faithful in delivering the mail this morning, okay? delivering the mail this morning. So look, b- before, before I read the scriptures, let me ask you guys and, 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 and talk back to me, fam. Talk back to me because I'm looking at y'all. So how many of y'all like interruptions? Nobody? Nobody like interruptions, fam? Nobody? okay cool cool I, i'm right there with y'all you know i i used to watch this anybody like espn anybody espn fans espn okay we got a few we got a few i know everybody ain't gonna raise their hand and i get it i've been been where y'all are so look it, it was a show on espn it was called pardon the interruption uh with michael Kornheiser and i and i think uh my, excuse me, michael wilborn and like kirk Kornheiser. i can't remember the other guy's name but it was it was a really really good show and what i want to talk about this morning is that If you study the life of Jesus Christ, he lived a life of interruption. And how did he respond to those interruptions? And and if we really want to be honest and transparent in the room when it comes to interruptions, every single one of us has been interrupted. And we don't like being interrupted, whether you was on a phone call, whether you was trying to talk to somebody in a very intimate moment through conversation. And if you don't have any of those interruptions, you've been interrupted during COVID. That was an interruption for all of us and that was a different normal for all of us. So we've been interrupted, but let's let's dive in. We're going to talk about blind man Bartimaeus. I got a few verses for you guys. What I'm going to do, I'm going to read and then I'll go back and then we'll break down each verse, okay? Here we go. We're going to go to the Lord and through his word. Here we go. Now, they came to Jericho, as he went out of Jericho with his disciples a great multitude, and a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging, okay? Verse 47, and when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then many warned him, hey, bro, be quiet, man. Shh, quiet down. But he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Then they called the blind man, saying to him, be of good cheer, rise, he is calling you. And throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. So Jesus answered and said to him, what do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, Rabbi, that I may receive my sight. Excuse me. Then Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. Now they came to Jericho. And and I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Bible, the the Jericho, the walls of Jericho. God seeing victory in Jericho. Okay, Jesus is coming Coming out outside of Jericho, he's headed to Jerusalem, okay, he's on his way to die for my sins, to die for your sins, to die for our sins, okay, to be, he- to be uh, given over to the chief priests, to the scribes, all right, to the, to the, to the Gentiles, to be crucified, to be flogged, to be beaten, to be, uh, uh, have a pierce in his side, to have the crown of thorns uh, on his head, and to, uh, to lay down his life for us so that we can have eternal life through him. And be reconciled to the father so jesus is getting ready to go to the cross and of course there's a multitude around him then you have blind man bartimaeus sitting by the road begging and the bible says in verse 47 when he heard that jesus of nazareth when he when he heard it was jesus of nazareth he began to cry out jesus son of david have mercy on me now 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 let me let me let me let me chop it up with you guys fam and, and i don't know if you guys take notes but uh i, I want to encourage you with this That blind man Bartimaeus, he couldn't see, but he could hear. Now, the Bible established that he was blind, and he couldn't see, but he could hear. Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. He didn't say Jesus of Nazareth. He's establishing Jesus as he's in the lineage of David, and he's the Messiah, and that he's the Christ. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Don't pass me by. Have mercy On me, in verse 47, he cried out all the more. Then many warned him to be quiet, cried out all the more. Jesus, son of David, son of David, have mercy on me. Now, now, listen, fam, Central Fam, we should pay really close attention when the Bible repeats itself twice. And I don't know about you guys, but the thing is this. Many people resist change because they focus on what they have to give up rather than what they have to gain. And here we go. We got blind man, Bartimaeus, who's blind. He's poor. He's marginalized. He has this one single opportunity where Jesus is passing by. He hears him in the vicinity. He's proximity, close proximity to Jesus. Or he don't know how close Jesus was, but maybe he's within an earshot. Have mercy on me, Jesus, son of David. Have mercy on me. Now, you're talking about change fam, central fam. People can change for a plethora of reasons, but I believe two of the biggest reasons that people will change is inspiration and desperation. Inspiration and desperation. You can be inspired to change or you can be desperate to change. And, and, And many of you, you may be sitting here like, hey, bro, like, I'm good. You very well may be. You very well may not have any struggles or whatever, but the thing about a struggle is this. We're either getting ready to go into a struggle, we're currently in a struggle, or we're just coming out of a struggle. People will change for many reasons, but two of those big reasons is inspiration and desperation. He cannot see Jesus. He's blind, but he can hear that Jesus of Nazareth is around, as the Bible just established. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He says it twice, but shh. Lizzie, shh, be quiet, shh, don't talk. Austin, shh, Coach God, shh, don't talk. Yeah, shh, don't talk. You know, the very people that's shushing him, and it may be somebody in your life that's shushing you, shh, don't talk about that abuse. Shh, don't talk about that toxic relationship. Shh. Don't talk about those things you went through in your childhood that you've been harboring, that you've been carrying, that you've been dealing with all alone, and you choose not to uh, uh, release that or, or, or to get ministry or to get counseling or to get prayer. Because the very things that you harbor, that you carry, you're going to release it in every atmosphere that you step into, especially when you step into it with people who are spirit, spiritually sensitive and in tune with the Holy Spirit. Shh. Religious people tell you, shh. Don't shh. And... And if you look at this verse, the people are telling the disciples and the multitude around them, you know, even uh, I think it's Luke chapter 18, verse 16, the disciples tried to keep the children away from Jesus. He's a rabbi. He's important, a man of of important stature. He got a great position. We don't need we don't need children coming around Jesus and leave Jesus alone. He has important things to do. But Jesus is like, no, 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 no. Let the children come to me for the kingdom belongs to such as these back to this passage of scripture. Blind man Bartimaeus is desperate. This could be his only opportunity to have a powerful encounter with the creator and the sustainer of the universe, with the Messiah, with the Christ, the one who can actually change his life, and he refuses to let people quiet him down. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. The Bible says he cried out twice. He cried out twice. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Bartimaeus knew who to go to. He knew who to go to. You know, you know what's crazy, fam? Like it's like I'm a youth. I've been I've been in ministry for seven years. I've been a youth pastor for seven plus years. I, I used to pastor a college young adult ministry. My wife and I had the honor and privilege of starting for three years, and we passed that torch. And so, but I've been a youth pastor for seven-plus years, and, and uh, we have a very, very big student ministry. It's about 200-plus students. And so the thing is this, you know, when, when, when I'm talking with students, it seems to me, and even y'all age, man, being in college, we'll go everywhere else but Jesus. We go to our friends. We, we, go, we go to teammates, homeboys, homegirls. We go everywhere else but Jesus. We take our problems everywhere else but to the person who can actually do something about it. Now, I'm not saying that we don't, we, we, we don't have those friends and people that we can confide in that can walk with us in different seasons of life because relationships matter. I love Pastor Zach. I love President Lenny Favar. I love First Lady and, and all our professors here because relationships are the reason people go somewhere, stay somewhere, or leave somewhere. The Bible. This is a relationship book. We serve a relationship God. So relationship matters, I get it, but the most important relationship you could ever have is a relationship with Jesus Christ. And look at the cross, it's vertical, that's the most important relationship we can have, but that overflows into the relationship with everybody else, that's horizontal. We take our problems to everybody else, but Jesus, Bartimaeus knew exactly who to go to. Verse 49 says, Jesus stood still and commanded him, hey, 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 go get him. Bring, Bring him to me. The very people, guys, the very people, Central found that were shushing him, Jesus said, go and get him. The people that you think is causing a problem for me is the reason that I came. I'm the solution. Go and get him. Bring him to me. And, and, and it's amazing because it's so easy to skip over this passage of scripture, the fact that Jesus stood still. That he was walking in the multitude, he's on assignment, he has a purpose. The Bible says he was obedient unto death. And the fact that this blind man who's marginalized, who's poor, who's loud, is crying out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me, Jesus stopped and stood still. The same thing that he did on the cross. He stood still to suffer, to die for our sins on the cross. And he's willing to stand still for you. Some of you guys may be in a season of desperation. You may be barely holding on by a thread. Barely. In a season of desperation. Jesus, I need you to do something today. I need you to do something now. Move in this situation. Here we go. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Then they called the blind man to him, saying, be of good cheer, rise. He is calling you. Verse 50, and throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. Now, now, now back in this day, fam, in, in this culture, men wore, like, like, tunics and cloaks. And so, as blind man Bartimaeus is being called by the very people who shh, he's being called by them. The Bible says he laid aside his garments, his tunics and cloaks. So the thing is, back in this day, this would be something like a like a like a raincoat. This would be something that would keep him warm. This would be something that would provide shelter. This would be something that would provide sustenance for him. This would be something that he actually needs. And yet he throws all that aside. He's not worried about what the people has to say about him because if he's a blind beggar, he needs these people to know. I want to be around. I, I don't want you guys to kick me out away, away from where I'm, I'm, I'm begging at. I still need the coins. I still need the funds. I need whatever you guys can provide, but he doesn't care. And he even strips off his tunic, his cloak, his garment to go to Jesus. Now, let me ask you this question. What is the very thing that you need to strip and get rid of for you to go to Jesus? Is it a relationship? Is, is that the very thing you need to get rid of? What is it? Is it a job? Is it status? Is it popularity? Is it, what is it? I, it could be something, inter- is it jealousy, anger, bitterness, resentment, pride? What is it? What is the very thing that you need to strip off? You know, the thing about pride, and, and, and a lot of us, it, we, let's be transparent, because transparency is the purest form of Christianity. We get to admit that we're weak so that God can be strong, and if we really want to be honest, you know, pride is kind of like, I heard something like this, it's, it's I heard a joke, and a joke said, um, Pride is kind of like bad breath. Everybody know you have it, but you. Pride. And many of us, we, we, we struggle with pride. But when you look at the word pride, what pride, what's the center letter in the word pride? It's Talk back to me. What's the center letter? I. Me, myself, and I. This is all I got. Now, I ain't going to go into Beyonce. But some of y'all start singing along with me. I heard y'all. But. I is the central letter of pride. It's all about me, 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 me. It's not about you. But let's go through another word. Here we go. So you, t- you say I is the center letter in pride. Here we go. Let me, let me test y'all, college students. The word humility, does it have an I in it? Cool. It's one letter that comes before I. It's a couple letters that come before I, but it's a letter that comes before I, and I'll go ahead and give that to you. It's you. You. God, what is it that you want to do for me? What is it that you want to do through me? Because the work that God wants to do in you matters far more than what God wants to do through you. What work, What surgery God wants to do in you? Many of y'all have been putting Band-Aids on wounds that requires actual surgery, but you keep band aiding it up, caressing it, not actually addressing it. I'm a hip-hop artist. That wasn't no bar, though. That wasn't. Caressing, not actually addressing it. I am confessing. I ain't going to get into all that, man. But. Throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. He rose and came to Jesus. Verse 51. So Jesus answered and said to him, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said, Rabbi, that I may receive sight. Kami? Receive sight. What you want me? You know what's crazy, fam? Central fam? Jesus asked a question. And he asked many questions. Uh, Jesus is so dope, bro. Like I. And and and, and I don't I don't think it's ironic because I don't. I don't believe in coincidence. I believe in divine appointments, but I'm wearing a shirt that actually say ask God. Like, crazy. But Jesus asked a question. What do you want me to do for you? Now, when Jesus asked a question, it's never for his information. It's for your information. But he asked blind man Bartimaeus because Jesus can see he's perfect. He's sinless. He's the Messiah. He's Christ. Absolutely incredible. The son of God. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus, can't you see, bro? What do you want me to do for you? Now, I really believe that Jesus asked this question because let's apply this to us here. You know, many times there will be people that know, you know, you know in your heart of hearts with every fiber of your being that person needs help. That person needs assistance. That person needs relief. That person needs prayer. That person needs ministry. That person needs Jesus. You know it. But just because you know it doesn't mean that they want it. Jesus asked the question, what do you want me to do for you? Man, it's so, it, it, y'all. I got to pause right here. This is so dope because I remember being in this, this, this chapel and thinking, God, what is it that you want to do in my heart? And to be able to answer a question from Jesus, what do you want me to do for you? To be honest, at that time when I was here, I wouldn't even know how to answer that. I don't know how to answer that. But that blind man, Bartimaeus, said that I may receive sight, that, that I can see Jesus. I, I, I want to receive sight. Now, the Bible doesn't establish how long he's been blind, but I, that I want to receive sight. What can I do for you? What can Jesus do for you? And it's amazing to me as we dive further into the scripture that Jesus even asked this question knowing he knew the need of the man. He knew the need. And he knows your need. He knows what you're going through, yet he still wants you to tell him. Yet he still wants you to talk to him. Many of us are running to, we're stepping into potholes and running into brick walls. And, and, and we're going, to, going through really tough seasons. And, and many of those tough seasons and storms that we're going through is our own doing, is our own choices. But sometimes God will put storms in our way so that it can redirect us to him. So we will come to him. Oh, so the only time you pray and seek my face and spend time with me is when you're going through a hard time, huh? That I may, what do you want me to do for you that I may receive sight? That I may receive sight? Verse 52, then Jesus said to him, go your way, your faith has made you well. Hold on, fam. you talking about not a fan? Somebody that's rooting in the stands? And as a, as a hip-hop artist, uh, uh, and and as, a, as a pastor, as a preacher, motivational speaker, depending on the, what I'm doing, I have a different title. And, and I have so many stu- teenagers, children. Man, CJ, I'm your biggest fan. I'm your biggest fan. I was just at an elementary school in Mays, and, and I had a bunch of kindergartners and first graders coming up. CJ, you're my biggest fan. I'm like, no, bro. You, uh, yes, I am your biggest fan. Yes, I am. I'm your biggest fan. And I, I know what they're trying to say. I'm your biggest fan. But I'm only with them for a couple of moments, for a couple of moments. At what point of time where it comes in our life, where it arises in our hearts and in our lives and in our minds and in our spirits, where enough is enough, where I'm tired of being a fan, where I'm tired of standing in the stands, where I'm tired of being on the sidelines, where I'm tired of just, oh, yeah, Jesus is cool, yeah, he's cool. I go to a Christian college, I hear about him, but there is no personal relationship with him. Because let me tell you this, God doesn't have grandchildren. He only has children. I grew up in a Christian household. My mom and dad both followers the Christ. My pops was a deacon. My mama sung in the choir. My grandmama led Sunday school. But I had to get my own relationship with Jesus. My own relationship. I had to develop my own relationship with Jesus. Jesus says, go your way. Your faith has made you well. This man is healed. This man has sight. And Jesus said, hey, you can go your way. Go your way. Can go your way? Just you can go your way. That means you can go your own way. You're good. Your faith has made you well. Go your own way. Missy, go your own way. You're good. Go your own way. But check this out. And immediately he received sight and followed Jesus on the road. I just established earlier, and you can see it in scripture, that Jesus is getting ready to go to the cross. He's getting ready to die for our sins. Instead of going his own way in which Jesus gave him permission to do so, he followed Jesus. And let me, let me share something with you, fam, and, and hear, hear this, hear this. Jesus says, follow me and I will make you, which implies there is going to be a shaping and a molding and a chiseling and a pruning. Because when you follow Jesus, trust me, bro, you, you, you're not going to be the same, bro. The same 2000, from 2006 to 2010, the four years that I was here at Central Christian College, I am not that same dude. So when you follow Jesus, bro, it is going to be a change and a transformation that takes place. But you're talking about interruption, CJ? Pardon the interruption, how Jesus responded with love and grace. What if the interruptions that happens in your life is a catalyst for divine intervention for God to move in your life? What if God wants to actually move in your life? What expectation as a culture, as a student body, do you have for God to not only move in your life, but to move amongst each other? To actually develop a community and a family of Christ followers right here at Central Christian College. Y'all can do that. We all have expectations of each other. Playing on the basketball team here, I had expectations of Coach T. He had expectations of me. I had expectations of my teammates. I had expectations of my professors to be able to teach me. When I walk into a room, I expect them lights to be coming on. I expect Central to pay them bills. We have expectations. So why not have an expectation for God to move in a mighty and powerful way? Because listen to this. God has preferences for your life, fam, But in order for those preferences to become a reality, you have to participate. We don't have to be fans. We can truly be followers like blind man Bartimaeus. To follow Jesus on the road. By the way, he was no longer sitting by the way. He was no longer sitting by the way. Now he goes from sitting to following the Messiah on the way, following the Christ on the way. That he received this sight. If I'd have tripped, y'all, that'd have been crazy, man. If I'd have tripped, woo wee, y'all. But anyway, I didn't. But the thing is, as I, as, I, as I speak to you guys, and I want you to hear, hear my heart, hear my heart, praise and worship team, you can get ready to come on up. I love you guys. Love is an action, it's a verb, and it will always leave evidence that it was present. And and, and I talked about Pastor Zach as, as I gave him honor. The Bible says honor those who labor in word and doctrine, and we from, you know, from uh, uh, President Favar to you know all of our professors and so many so many others you know Dr. Larry Anderson and and so many others that are here that are so absolutely incredible. I, I want I want to say this. Talk about investment. They're investing their time into you guys and and I believe investment is so key because what we choose to invest in is a big indication of what we're about. Some people invest in stocks, bonds, businesses, properties and that's great but they want to choose, they choose to invest in the next generation because they believe that their ceiling, our ceiling, is your floor. And you guys are going to go so much further than we ever did. And so they invest their time. They invest their energy. But at what point does enough becomes enough, fam? You can very well leave out of here in this world, going one ear and out the other. That's cool, bro. That's on you. Or you can actually let this word and the seeds that's coming from my mouth of Jesus Christ resonate in your heart, bloom in your heart, blossom in your heart, flourish in your heart, and actually change. Because it's easy to sit up and take notice, but what's hard is getting out and taking action. Blind man Bartimaeus didn't allow his limitations to stop him from coming to Jesus. He didn't didn't allow that to stop him from coming to Jesus. Son of David, have mercy on me. Desperation. There's something I want to share with you guys that I wrote down. One of the greatest lies you'll ever hear is, is one about your limitations. People will say that it can't be done. And if they've already made up their mind, don't let them make up yours. That you can come to Jesus. Everybody stand on your feet, on your feet, on your feet. Now, now listen, listen. Hey, hey, this is not the time Hey, fam. If you can tap in with me, don't, this not the time to ah, get to talking and, 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 and chopping it up, you know, the person to your left or to your right. Tap, tap in with me. Here we go. Tap in with me. Because I know some of y'all sitting in hey man, you, it's just a credit. But some of you guys actually want to grow. And, and I pray that all of you guys develop a mindset to where you come and it's intentional and you actually want to learn, you actually want to grow, you actually want to mature. In your walk with jesus christ and some of you guys who don't know jesus that you come to know jesus the bible says life is nothing but a vapor man i seen some of y'all got baptized and that's dope at the at the, uh, the the school picnic that's dope but god is not done moving amongst our family here at central he wants to continue to work in and through you guys he wants to partner with you the fact that the god of the universe even want a relationship with us What is a man that you are mindful of him? Don't just, don't be a fan. We're we're not fans. Come on the field. Actually become a follower of Christ. Let him radically transform your life. I gave my life to Christ when I was 14, man, at a church in the hood in Oak Cliff, Texas. Gave my life to Christ. And over my life, as a 35-year-old male who's been married 11 years with two kids and been all over the United States and about to actually tour around the world, I have seen the grace of God in ways that, guys, I've never thought. I've seen God move. I've seen doors open. Now, it hasn't been easy. It hasn't been easy following Jesus. It's been a lot of hard times. And let me talk about suffering really quickly. Blind man Bartimaeus, who was blind who couldn't see, who was poor, who was marginalized. Jesus came for the marginalized people. He came for those who were oppressed. He came to set the captives free. And the thing was this, talking about suffering, even the Bible, the word of God, which is true, everything in it from the Old Testament to the New Testament, even the word of God doesn't answer all of our questions about suffering, but the thing is this, The Bible says God will never leave or he will never forsake you. And he will be at work in the midst of your trials and your tribulations. Blind man Bartimaeus was healed. Follow Jesus along the way. And I don't know what you may be struggling with. I don't know what you need healing from. I don't know what you are carrying. You do. You know. But as we prepare to be able to enter back into worship. this is my my challenge to you guys. Worship is so beautiful because it's our response to a relationship that we don't even deserve, fam. That we don't even deserve. And to think that this is something that we actually sit If there should be any spectator, it should be our Heavenly Father. But something we could actually participate in. So I don't know what you may be going through or carrying, harboring. I pray that you release that. You find a staff member, find Pastor Zach. He's dope as all get out. Chris Gates. Dr. Favar, who, Whoever. Some amazing people, men and women on this campus. Open up, share. I'm struggling with this. I need I need help. I I need God to move. But understand this if you everybody heads bow, eyes closed. We're gonna we're gonna pray and then we're gonna worship. We're gonna worship. Listen to this, listen to this. As your heads bow, eyes closed. You may be in here, and under the sound of my voice. And you may be like, hey, CJ, bro, I hear you. That, that, that message is for me. It, 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 you, you're talking to me, fam. You're talking to me. Don't let it just be that, though. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and by hearing the word of God. But the Bible also says to be yet doers of the word and not just hearers." So even if this word was for you and that you felt that it was speaking directly to you, my challenge to you is this, to actually do something with it. To not be a fan, but to actually be a follower of Christ. And if you are a follower of Christ, here's my challenge to you. We all sit in the room for improvement. We we haven't seen perfection. The Bible says in Romans 3.23 that we all fall short of the glory of God. That's me, that's you, that's everybody on this campus. But let's not use that as as an excuse not to get better, not to mature, because God is not looking for us to prove ourselves. He did that on the cross. The work was done on the cross. So we don't have to prove ourselves. Even Jesus didn't have to do it after fasting 40 days being tempted in the wilderness. But we do have to improve and we can only improve by his grace. So Central Family, as we get ready to pray and as we enter into this last song of worship, I ask you to just be present in this moment. Just as blind man Bartimaeus took advantage of an opportunity to have an encounter with Jesus by not letting people shh, 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 be quiet. He didn't allow the people to stop him from getting to the Messiah, getting to the Christ, and getting the healing and restoration that he was seeking him for. And not only did he receive it, but he chose to follow Jesus, even after Jesus gave him permission to go his own way. So as we pray... I don't want to just pray because that's what we're supposed to do. But the Bible says, whatever we pray for, whatever we ask for, we shall receive it and have it unto us. Not only do I intercede for you guys, but I want to pray with you guys. And as we enter into this last song of worship, that we will worship as if this was our last opportunity. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I just thank you so much for the honor and privilege it is to approach your throne of grace. Thank you for the honor and privilege that it was to be able to preach your word this morning for my central family. For every single young man, for every single young woman that's under the sound of my voice, for our amazing faculty and staff, Father, I ask that you move on their behalf. As we just read about blind man Bartimaeus and what your son Jesus did for him, Father, we believe that you can take the scales off of our eyes, that you can give us sight, and that we can truly get a clear revelation of who your son Jesus Christ is to us. Father, we may be struggling with anger and depression and resentment and jealousy and and, and pride and wrath and toxic relationships and abuse and neglect and abandonment. But, Father, you are a God that not only sees, not only hears, but you are a God that moves on our behalf. So, Father, that we wouldn't just be a school campus that just casually come to chapel, casually worship, casually read the word of God, but that you will set a fire ablaze on our campus, Father, in our hearts. Because if we ever hope for national transformation, it starts with a personal transformation. And your son, Jesus, can transform our lives. And Father, as we enter into worship, Father, that you will be the only spectator in the room and that we will fully participate and press in to you. And I pray this and I cement this prayer. And your precious holy son, Jesus' name I pray. Everybody say, amen.